0: I am grateful to be here with you all this week, again. You guys didn't think you'd get part two, did you? Me neither. (laughs) But apparently, God is convinced to not let me get comfortable. So I can keep stepping out of my comfort zone and doing the things that I don't really feel super motivated. Like, yes, I've always dreamed of doing that. Like, God, really? You sure? Okay. All right. Well, I told you a while ago that you had my yes, so ah, I guess I got to follow through on that now. So here we are. Uh, this week we're going to be talking about—I'll give you a guess—forgiveness. <laughs> so this week, though, it's going to be a little bit different. God wants us to. To go a different direction so i'm gonna go ahead and pray as we get into this so jesus come you are welcome here this is your house again not the building but this right here this is your house so we open up our hearts to you right now God, I just pray against any distractions that are coming up right now, Lord. Just felt so so distracted this week and even this morning and everything that's going on, Lord. So we push those distractions aside right now in Jesus' name. Lord, we are here for you. We are here to receive what you have to give us. So Father, I pray that you would speak, that it would not be my words, God, your words alone come and do in us today what you want to do, Lord. Let us walk in the freedom that you died to give us, Jesus. So we love you. We trust you. We can't wait to see what you do today. Amen. All right. So real quick recap on what we talked about last week in case anyone wasn't here. So we talked about forgiveness. We talked about what it is. Forgiveness is... Conscious decision to tear up a legitimate debt that you are owed. We talked about the forgiveness that you give only covers the hurt that you first acknowledge, and so you have to actually be willing to go there. You have to be willing to start unpacking the hurt and the the thing that caused that hurt. And then we moved into why why forgiveness. So what's what's the big deal? Why is this a big deal? And. You know, sharing a little bit of my story with you all that, hey, you can't actually be loved unless you open yourself up to be hurt. That's, that's a, the same barrier that keeps both of those out. And so if we are going to be loved, guess what? That means we're also going to be hurt. And so forgiveness is what we need in order to walk through that hurt and not let that hurt keep us chained and then again, the biggest question that we have, okay, I get what forgiveness is. I get why we're supposed to do it. How? I, I, I can't, I don't, I don't know how. There's, there's no way that I can muster up enough. All right, I'm gonna forgive you today. Like, that didn't work. And so the reality is that we can only give away what we first received. And so God wants us to step in to the forgiveness that He died to give us, that we are forgiven, that we are loved, that we are chosen, and as I was kind of getting prepared for the message this week, uh, I'm going to tell on myself. I got I got to be real with you all. That, like just because I'm up here, like I'm still a hot mess. <laughs> I do not have it all figured out. So. Uh, talking with pastor and and he's like hey i think i think you're not done with the message yet and i'm like okay i think that god already told me that and i'm struggling but okay you got my yes let's do this and so i'm taking the time during the week to kind of prepare a message i want to put something together that's really good right cuz like i told you last week i struggle with perfectionism i struggle with trying to make everything just as good as it can be and so i started going right into it and w- trying to work on it and trying to build something and had the entire day set aside on Thursday and Friday like I'm I'm, I'm gonna make some space this is gonna be really good and I'm telling you about everything that could have possibly come up in my life came up on both Thursday and Friday so needless to say I didn't spend much time getting prepared and so I'm sitting there struggling, just kind of like, oh, my gosh, I feel, uh, why is this? This is so hard. I tried. I was going to set aside this time, and I can't believe that I didn't use this time, and, and I'm stuck in beating myself up. Does this, does this voice sound familiar to any of you guys? That all of a sudden, you start to realize, man, I'm, I'm not where I wanted to be. I just had two full days set aside to work on this, and I still feel unprepared, and now new life is not going to get the message that God wants to give, and, and I'm working myself up. And I just felt God kind of meet me there. And he was like, so you're having a hard time forgiving yourself? (sighs) Yep, you got me. Here we are. Okay, God, time to take this sermon, throw it away again. That's not what you wanted to speak on. That was me trying to come up with something to present, something to give to you all that was based on knowledge. It was just based on, here. here's what I know about forgiveness. Let me tell you. And God's like, no, that's not where we're going. I want you to invite them in to share your life and to share what you're walking through. And so where God's leading us today is to talk about unforgiveness toward ourselves. Because that's when you think about, okay, I want to receive God's forgiveness. I want to give or I want to receive everything that he is giving, that's a huge barrier. I I can't receive God's forgiveness if I feel like I'm not forgivable. If I feel like I'm, eh, yeah, God's forgiven people, and he's wonderful, and he's good, but I'm a mess. He can forgive them, but I've got all this stuff that, nah, I've done too many things that I'm holding against myself. I'm holding myself captive. And so this week the title of the message is again unchained, but it's set the captive free. A captive is not anyone else. I'm the captive. When I'm choosing to hold unforgiveness against myself, I'm keeping myself captive. And so what's what is the impact of that unforgiveness? Well, I mean, I <laughs> I don't even need to unpack that. Like, Let's be honest that every single person knows what that feels like because every single person has struggled with something that they feel like, I can't believe I did that. I can't believe that I missed out on the opportunity of a lifetime. It was handed to me. It was right there. I passed it up. I I can't believe I cheated on a spouse. I can't believe I ran away. Let's be real here. There's a lot of hurt. There's a lot of pain it's very real like I can't believe that I stole from that company that trusted me I can't believe I stabbed that business partner in the back I can't believe I gave into that temptation it was right there and I did it I can't believe it and man that weighs on you and just like we talked about last week with the filter not only are you seeing others with that filter on now you're seeing yourself with that filter on And so here I am. God says he loves me. God says he forgives me. But I'm blocking that from actually getting through to my heart because I can't forgive myself. I'm stuck in shame. That is where unforgiveness toward myself leads us. And we can't get away from that. And that is such a familiar voice, unfortunately. But that voice of shame, if you go all the way back to the garden, We were not created to live in shame, by the way. There was no shame in the Garden of Eden until they ate the fruit. Do you know what the immediate reaction of that was? Shame. And so as sin comes into this world, now all of a sudden, I have to hide. I am not worthy anymore of God's love. God comes out and he's like, hey, where are you? He knew where they were. But they're hiding because they no longer feel, oh, i got to cover myself up. I like this, There's this shame. There's something that I did that I wasn't supposed to do, and now I'm not worthy, and we put this barrier up. And so I want to unpack that a little bit this morning and, and talk about the impact that that has on our ability to receive God's love. And then I feel like God is really, again, extending this invitation into freedom, we were not created to live in chains we were not created to live in chains and and we get stuck there so easily i get stuck there so easily again i am struggling with this just like everybody else just this week as i'm preparing to preach on sunday like here i am just wallowing in shame i I about called pastor Lowe on friday <laughs> legitimately it was about 5 p.m and i was like i got I got nothing. This is a hot mess. I'm not going to be ready. I can't do it because I was stuck in that that shame that was just gripping me that I can't do it. And so I, I almost walked away from where God was calling me, where he was inviting me to step out. And there is something that he has given all of us that we are unable to give away if we stay stuck in shame, if we stay trapped in shame, and so we have that invitation to first walk into it. we get, we got to be real with ourselves. we got to acknowledge that pain that's very real first. Forgiveness only covers the hurt we acknowledge, right? That, even me. So I want to... Um, can you pull up the, the verse? I want to I talk about a verse in Second Corinthians 7. Uh, I want to unpack it a little bit. So that sorrow that we feel when we are experiencing the shame, that, the thing that just weighs on us, that we're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I did that. I want to hide. I want to run away. I want to um, just, just run. I don't want to face it. I can't believe it. Pretend it didn't happen. So the verse is, for the kind of sorrow God wants us to experience, leads us away from sin and results in salvation, there is no regret for that kind of sorrow. But worldly sorrow, which lacks repentance, results in spiritual death. So unpacking that a little bit, first of all, first part of that, the kind of sorrow God wants us to experience, that'll mess with your theology. (laughs) Just sit, sit with that for a little bit. Hold on, wait a minute, God wants me to experience sorrow? we we need that that that's what the conviction of the holy spirit brings where it pricks our heart and we go man i'm missing out on more god has more for me than what i'm living in right now he has more for me than where i'm at that this isn't it and so we we need that kind of ow that ooh that hurt that there was something there but then how we respond to that sorrow determines the direction that it takes and that's the crazy thing. Like when you look at this verse, godly sorrow and worldly sorrow, they can have the exact same source. Something happened that caused sorrow. How did you respond to it? Was it godly sorrow that led you to repentance, that led you to the feet of Jesus, that led you to go, man, God, I didn't realize that. Like Dathan was talking about, like that conviction that was like, oh my gosh, what am I doing to my daughter? That's, that's what godly sorrow can look like, but that same exact source of the sorrow could have caused him to spiral out of control and go, man, I'm never going to be a good father. I'm just, this is who I am. This, uh, I, I did it again. And so we have that power to choose how we're going to respond when sorrow shows up. And unfortunately, that's been the enemy's playground in so many of our lives because he... As soon as that sorrow shows up, he's right there accusing. He's right there going, hey, oh, can you believe you did that again? Can you believe that you said that? Can you believe you responded in that way? You're never going to make it. You're never going to get better. And that voice is tempting to listen to. <laughs> because unfortunately, it's been so familiar for so much of our life, we tend to just lock right on to agreement with it. But I'm here to tell you today that we have the power to choose And to say, no, I'm not going to choose to agree with that. I'm going to choose to agree with what God says. So, dang it. All right, God. I'm going to tell myself again. um, As I was driving to a coffee shop yesterday to spend some more time with God, I was getting stuck in that mindset again where I was feeling like a victim. And I, I felt myself having that thought process going where I'm like, you know what? oh man, I really hope I can put something together. God, I, I just don't know if, if you can make this a good sermon. And I got to kind of, and, and here I am getting stuck in that mindset. And I just felt God like, stop. And, and it was this reminder. It was like, no, you know what? I'm not going to think that way. I am not going to choose to submit and surrender to those feelings and those thoughts that are consuming me right now. And so I started declaring, no, God is going to move. He is going to speak the things that he wants to speak. He is going to do what he wants to do. It's not up to me. It's not about me. It's about him. And he is moving and he is working and he will carry out his plan. So I can have faith in that. I can have confidence in that. Even though my feelings are telling me something else, I don't have to submit to those feelings. I don't have to surrender to those feelings. I can go, you know what, God? That doesn't sound like you. So you can always tell the, the voice that you're hearing in your head by the nature of the voice. And so the nature of the Father is going to be love. Even if it's stern, even if he's bringing a conviction, it's going to be a loving conviction. You're, you're going to feel... Like you got slapped in the face and you have never felt so loved. My face stings a little bit, but oh that was a, wow, that was a loving slap. It's, I don't know how it works. My brain can't comprehend how that works, but that's the voice of the Father. But if it's accusing, if it's tempting, if it's anything that does not have the nature of love, that's not God's voice. And we get, we get so used to hearing that that we just kind of think, well, that's just my thoughts. That's just the way they go. But what I want to tell you is that we actually have the power to choose. Like God has given that to us. And Pastor talks about it all the time, that the enemy only has power that we give him. He can only allow, or, or we are the ones that can allow him access into our life to direct our steps, to direct our thoughts, to direct our um, actions. That's up to us. But the same is true to God. God doesn't force himself into our life. He doesn't, he's not a puppet master. I'm gonna control everything that you do. We gotta allow him access as well into our life. And so, when I look at both of those truths, there's one common denominator. We get to choose. What are, what are we gonna surrender to? What are we gonna submit to when we're in the middle of this sorrow? when we're in the middle of this realization that I'm not where I wanted to be, I'm not where I feel like I should be, we get to choose how to respond. So in that, as we're looking at what that means when it comes to forgiving ourselves, every single one of us has fallen short. Every single one of us has done things that we wish we hadn't done. Oh, man, what do I do with this guilt, with this shame that I now feel? It's a really good question. And to be honest, I don't know the answer yet. I am still in the process of learning it. I wish I could tell you six steps to take to walk through it, but the reality is that's not the truth. And that there is something that God, God wants to encounter us in the process. That that he actually wants us to walk with him more than he wants us to just do everything right. He wants fellowship with us. He wants intimacy with us. He doesn't want a robot that just does everything that he tells it to. That's not why he created us. He created us for fellowship. He created us for intimacy and that is what he desires with us. And so if there's anything that is getting in the way of that intimacy with him, he's coming to set us free from that. He's coming to call us home. It's it's his kindness that leads us to repentance. It's not his rules, and you got to be better, and you got to be a good Christian. I talked about it Thursday morning at 21 Days of Prayer, but there is no such thing as a good Christian, and that's a, that is a lie that so many of us have believed for so long. That got stuck in me growing up, and so when we talk about shame, let me tell you a little bit about my story. I, I grew up in a Christian home, and so I knew this be a good Christian thing. That was, that was the extent of my relationship with God, was he gave us the rule book, follow the rules, and then you're good. And then, you know, because I was a young, like, middle school, high schooler, I distilled that down even further, and I was like, okay, don't have sex before marriage, don't do drugs, and don't drink alcohol, and those are the rules. Follow those, and you're a good Christian. So don't... <laughs> So it doesn't, doesn't matter that I was, you know, cheating on every test in school and stealing things from stores and, doing all like lying a lot. Like that, <laughs> that to me was, oh, that's okay. That's not one of the big three. So God God will cover that. It'll be fine. and But, but that was the extent of my understanding of God. And so fast forward into the college years, uh, <laughs> freshman year, I started out. I want to come to God. I want to do this. Christian thing for myself. And then I met a girl. You know how that goes? She replaced God in my life. And I started, I wanted to do everything for her. I wanted to make her happy and do this and that and this and that. And so I started compromising on those, everything that I held, like I'm a good Christian. This makes me good. So at the end of that relationship, I wasn't good anymore. There was, there was some serious shame that I felt. And again, with how I grew up, get your mask on. Always, always put your best foot forward. Never let anybody know you're not perfect. And so that, ha- that was the beginning of my sophomore year when we finally broke up. It's a miracle, it's a really long story, <laughs> but God somehow got through to me. I was about to make really dumb life decisions, and he met me and helped me not make those decisions, but then after that relationship, I was kind of drifting. Like, okay, well, what's holding me back now? I had what I thought made me a good Christian before. I was holding on to it, and now I don't have that. So, okay, what's the point? I'm just going to enjoy life, do whatever, because, you know, it is what it is. But I was still going to a campus ministry group. I don't know if you've heard of FCA, Fellowship of Christian Athletes. I was still going to that ministry group because I still wanted God. I had one foot in that world and one foot in the other world, and I was trying to figure out Okay, where what's the real me? How how do you do life? I this is fun. I this this is good, but now I feel bad. Okay, I want some of this because this is good, but this is hard. I can't be a good Christian, so I'm gonna go back over here. And and it was this internal back and forth that I was struggling with for so much. But the end of sophomore year, they had the opportunity. Well, they did what they called a testimony night. And I knew it was coming up because Believe it or not, I was actually on the leadership team for FCA (laughs) while I was still living two lives. So I knew the testimony night was going to be coming up. I was like, oh, that's cool. Testimony night. Yeah, it'll be great to hear other people share their testimonies. And God started to speak to me. Hey, you going to share? No, 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 no. Me? No, no, no. I am not letting anybody know. I need to hide this. There's no way. If they knew, I'm going to get kicked off the leadership team. I'm going to get, like, this is what shame does. It puts us in a prison. It drives us toward isolation. It drives us away from the people that we need in our lives to walk in freedom, to walk in the calling that God has given us. So the week goes on. I still feel this, like, oh, man, I feel like God's invited me to share. But no, no. I got this perfect image to keep up. You know, I got all this, these habits built up from growing up in the family I did and, and picking up the, the masks that I did. Smile all the time, I'm good, I've never done anything bad. Like, don't look, don't look over there, no, 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 That's, let's hide that. Look at me. And so Monday night rolls around, and testimony night starts up. Before I know it, I'm standing in front of everyone, holding a microphone. <laughs> And so these are, these are like 80 people here that I don't really know that well. Like I know a couple of them, but most of these people I don't know. And I'm about to share my deepest, darkest secrets with everyone. Somehow God gave me the strength to share, and it came out in the way that he wanted it to come out. And I shared, you know, my, what I thought was the cardinal sin of all sins. Like I had sex before marriage. like they're gonna turn me away like that that was the thing that I felt the most shame over and when I shared all of that I can't I can't explain it but I literally felt a physical weight come off my shoulders and it was so impactful it was so transformational that even though I, I grew up in church my whole life I knew about God I wanted to be a good Christian But that experience right there, when I chose to lay down that shame, when I chose to say, hey, this is me, period. It's not pretty, but this is me. Here it is. There was so much freedom in that that that's the point that I truly surrendered to God. That's the point that I said, you know what? This is what I've been looking for. Everywhere else, this is what I've been looking for in parties and all this other stuff, like this feeling right now, this is it. And if this is what it means to walk with God, if this is what it's going to be like to surrender to him, I'm in. This is it. I, I don't have anywhere else that I can turn. And so in that, God met me, and he exposed the impact of shame in my life, that it was keeping me in this prison and so that was math in public probably 12 years ago. And it hasn't been a, like an overnight change. And now everything's easy. Now everything's good. Like it's still a journey. It's still a process. It's still a fight. But every single day, there's an invitation. Every single day, there's a chance to trust God. Every single day, there's an opportunity to go, you know what? What are you doing? God, where do you want me to go today? Where are you going to take me? Um, do we need to sit down and, and talk about my past? Do we need to talk about where I'm at right now? Do we need to talk about my future? Like, what? where am I going? What does this life look like? And so as we move into forgiving ourselves, how does that tie in? It opens up our eyes to actually see ourselves the way that God sees us. Because when we have that shame weighing us down, we can't, we can't see ourselves that way. We're, we're giving the enemy access to speak death over us. And this is all you're ever going to be. And this is who you are. And so when God's like, hey, you're loved and you're forgiven. It's like, yeah, 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 but, but I'm a mess. But I'm bad. But I have done things that are unforgivable. But this person still hasn't forgiven me for what I've done to them. And so I can't forgive myself until they, like, we stay stuck in this prison. And God has so much more for us. So much more for us. And so there's, there's an invitation today to walk into that. He does not want us to stay bound. He does not want us to stay trapped any longer. So the only way that we can move to that, getting God's perspective about us, is to ask him how he sees us. And <laughs> that's, that's the, the journey of realizing, the journey of sonship. This is, this is what your true identity really is. And this is how God sees you. No matter what you feel like, no matter what you've done, no matter how things are going, this is the truth. That you are loved. You are chosen. You are holy. You are blameless. The, the Bible verses that, that I read at the end of the, the message last week, like he's removed your sins as far as the east is from the west. Like he sees you through Jesus, not through what you've done. And that identity piece is so core, it's so fundamental to who we are and what we believe about ourselves. For me, my identity was success, be well-liked, do great at everything you do, have a good reputation, cool, I got some worth, I got some value, I got some identity. But the value of something is not determined by, you know, what I think it is. The value of something is determined by what someone is willing to pay for it. And God gave everything that he had to pay for you and to pay for me. And so what does that say about our value? What does that say about who we are? <laughs> that revelation can change our life if we can see ourselves the way that God sees us. He's not looking at us like, I can't believe you did that. I, you should have done better. I gave you the chance. I gave you 75 chances, and here we are. That's not the way that God's looking at us. He's looking at us like, I love you. I made you. I know who you are. I know who you are. Your identity is not determined by what you've done or what you are doing. It's determined by who you are. You know, a lot of times we we meet people. Hey, nice to meet you. What do you do? It's it's so natural. That's just how conversation flows that, that we start to believe that's our identity. I am... A contractor. I am a businessman. I am a teacher. That, that becomes our identity, what we do. But that's not the way that God intended it. He, he said, you are who you are, not what you do. You are who I say you are. And so we, won't, we get a chance to receive that. We get a chance to choose that. But again, we own that choice. We own that power. And there's not anything that he's going to do to force it on us. He's not gonna go. Okay, today you're gonna get it. He's gonna go. Hey, today it's still here. Do you want this? But you got you got to come get it. This is this is it's up here. You can stay in your seat. That's your choice. But you got to come get it if you really want it. <laughs> Something that God God spoke to me that really touched me was this truth when I was struggling with. Shame. He said, I'm not ashamed of you. I'm not disappointed in you. There's nothing that you can do that can exceed my love, that can exceed my ability to forgive you. Nothing. It doesn't matter how long that rap sheet is. It does not matter. I am not ashamed of you. And that's the truth of the gospel. It pricked my heart because I disagreed with him. I thought there was a lot of things he should be ashamed about. And I had proof. <laughs> this pastor says, I had a Bible study on why. God, There's you should be ashamed of me here. See, look. But he's not. He's not ashamed of me and he's not ashamed of you. And so that revelation is there to be received, it's there to be accepted. Because Jesus' blood was enough to pay for everything. We don't need Jesus' blood and a little extra hard work. That's 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 not it. The sacrifice Jesus made on the cross was enough. It was enough. And that forgiveness is there, no matter how you feel, no matter how weighed down. It may be you are forgiven, and that forgiveness is able to be received if you choose. But part of that is you got to choose to let yourself go. And letting letting yourself, you know, off the hook, so to speak, doesn't mean that, oh, it's okay. Yeah, everything, that's fine. No, it's like, I can't believe I did that. Like, if you have to be curled up on the bathroom floor crying because you feel so ashamed that that's what you did that's okay and I'll tell you something that God will meet you on the bathroom floor in the middle of that pain in the middle of that frustration he will meet you that's how good he is if we are willing to go there if we're willing to say hey God I can't believe I did that I'm torn up I'm messed up I've done so much you, you, you did everything for me, and here's how I treated you. That's not going to scare him away. And so not, not only is there an opportunity for us to forgive ourselves and set ourselves free, there's another barrier that gets in the way of us receiving forgiveness from God. It's actually holding unforgiveness against God. God, how could you let that happen? I did all of these things for you. I poured myself out, and this is how I got treated? How how did you let this person die? How did you let this sickness come upon me that changed my life forever? How did you let this happen? And there is so much real hurt there. And I just want to tell you something that you may not have heard before in church. That's Okay. It is okay to be upset at God. Your anger and frustration toward God will not scare him away. It will not push him away. So another personal story. The time I got really angry at God. So I was down in Uruguay on the the mission trip I was doing down there. And man, I'm, I'm on a mission trip for God. I'm doing it. I'm a good Christian. And these are all the things that I'm doing. And God, I want to follow you and I want to follow you. And uh, I'm, I'm in the military full time, but I, I got approved to take a sabbatical program to do this mission trip. And so I loved it. I was really resonating with everything. And I felt like God was inviting me to say, okay, I want to try to extend for another year so I can go back out on this mission trip as a leader, do it again. And so I'm praying about it like, God, I don't know. Like, I know you've called me to be in the military for now, but, you know, if this door is, if this is where you're leading me, like, that's, I want to follow you. I want to go there. And I felt like he was leading me there. Yes, apply for an extension. Do this extra year. I want you to do that. This is where I'm going. Okay, God, I'm going to follow you. You got my yes. And so I applied for an extension and got the door slammed in my face. It didn't happen. And I was hurt. God, what the heck? I, like, I was trying to follow you. You, you said to do this. Why, why would you lead me to do something and then slam the door? What? This, there's no way. And just because God has a sense of humor, not only was I going through that major hurt, everything started going wrong on my team at that time. We were at each other's throats. Everyone was just angry with each other. We, there was friction between us and the ministry. We were like, It was a hot mess. And the, the kicker, the, the straw that broke the camel's back for me, was uh, we had, it was a huge blessing, but we had the ability to take hot showers. But what we needed to do is we needed to light a fire under the water tank to heat up the water before we could take a shower. So, again... I'm in the military, I've got survival training, I love outdoor camping, all this stuff, I can light a fire. This day, I could not get that fire going to save my life. And the worst part about it was, one of the other guys on my team, you know, we had two fires to light, his fire was roaring. He got that thing just going good, and I was trying and trying, and I'm angry, and I'm mad, and finally I just said, forget this, like, kick the log or something, I don't know what I did, and walked off, and we were by the beach, and I went out on the beach, and I was like, okay, God, I'm taking the filter off. Like, I've tried to be this good Christian, I've tried to do this thing, and I've tried to serve you and do all this stuff, like, here's what is going on. Why could you? Why did you slam the door in my face? Why are things going wrong? Why is nothing going the way that I want it? And I just kind of let him have it for a while. And this was scary for me. I'm, I'm expecting to get struck by lightning or something. Like, this is, this is the extent of my understanding of God, was you don't get mad at God. No, no, he's sovereign. He knows. He knows everything. But I was finally like, I had enough. God, I can't do this anymore. You, you, uh, what is going on? And I'm, I'm on the beach. I'm seeing storm clouds rolling. <laughs> this is it. I'm, I just did it. Here comes the lightning. I'm still standing here today, so I avoided the lightning. I didn't get struck by God, but here's what happened. God met me there. And he spoke to me. And what I realized is that was a part of my heart that I had never opened to him before. Because I felt like I can't get mad at God, he's sovereign, he does everything great, there's no way. I actually opened that, let, let everything out. It was ugly. It wasn't pretty. But because it was open, guess what was able to get in? He was able to meet me there and speak love to that wounded area of my heart that needed it so desperately. It was love starved. And I thought that that part of me, that version of me could not be loved if if i'm angry at someone they can't love me that's that's what i've seen in my life I mean, you know as soon as someone gets angry it's like oh no well there there goes that avoid that person they're angry until they get better and i thought that's how god was going to be with me but it wasn't and so if you're struggling with unforgiveness even against god he wants you to know it's okay and he can meet you in the midst of that, and he wants to meet you in the midst of that, and you can walk in freedom. So that ties in with forgiving yourself. These are two major barriers. God's forgiveness is there. It hasn't changed, it hasn't gone anywhere. He's holding it out, he's extending it, but we're the ones disqualifying ourselves. We're the ones keeping him at arm's length. No, nope, no, nope, you can't love me. I am not worthy of being loved. Nope, you don't know what I've done. Or, nope, you can't love me. I'm mad at you. You can't. Nope, I'm not gonna let you in. Not gonna let you hurt me again. And God just wants you to know that that is okay. Wherever you find yourself is okay, but He doesn't want us to stay there. So here's here's an analogy for you. It's like if you go to the mall, right? You walk up to the directory. What's the most important feature on that mall directory? A little star that says, you are here. If I don't know where I am, I can't get to where I'm trying to go. And the same is true with our life. If we can't be honest, if we can't really go, you know what? I'm here. I don't like it. I parked on the wrong side of the mall, dang it. But I'm here. And I can sit there and beat myself up. Why didn't I park on the bu- Or I can go, okay, I'm here. I got a little bit of a journey. But now I know the direction I need to walk because I'm honest with where I'm at. And that's where God wants us to go today. He wants to meet us where we are. There is no shame here. It doesn't matter where that star is on the map. It does not matter how far off the path you feel like you've gotten. God's like, hey, I'm right there with you. We're yeah, we're a ways, we're a ways off the road. Road's over there. That's okay. You're here. Guess what? Let's lock arms together and start walking. Oh, where are you going? Hey. Let's walk. And every single time, <laughs> it's like it's like a baby. Everybody who has children, babies that are learning how to walk. Is that parent? Come on, walk. Figured out. No, do it better. That's not the heart of an earthly parent. Oh, my gosh, you're walking. Oh, 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 wait, hold on. Let me pick you up. Like, and if that's the heart of an earthly parent, imagine how much more the heart of the Father is for you. He's for you as we're learning how to walk. Because let's be honest, I am still learning how to walk. I'm falling all the time, way more than I want to admit publicly. You can ask my wife. Um, (laughs) But life is hard, but it's okay. We don't have to do everything perfectly. That's one of the biggest lies that I think has sunken in, at least to my spirit, but I think to so many others, is that we got to do it perfect. And if we don't, blew it. Lost, lost my chance, lost my shot, never going to get fixed. Just going to have to do life this way from this point on. And God wants us to know that's not true. That's not his heart. That's not where he is at. And he wants to meet us right here. You are here. Okay, God, where are we going next? Where do you want to take me? <laughs> so as we get ready to close... I just feel like there's so much freedom here that is available if you are willing to step into it. You don't have to do all the right things. You don't have to check all the boxes. You don't have to go, okay, God, I'm gonna try really hard this time. I'm gonna get it right. That's not what this is about. Repentance is acknowledging How much we need God God I tried I tried everything with all I could muster I tried and I didn't do it here I am I need you I can't do this alone meet me here and help me to turn in the right direction It's a lot of times repentance is kind of this big Christianese word like, well, repentance, we all need repentance, but that's all it is. It's telling God, I need you. It's not just me. I can't, I can't do it. I tried, but I need you. So there's an invitation here today to receive that. God wants us to lay down shame. He wants us to break shame off from where it has held us back to this point. There's nothing you can do that will push God away unless you choose not to receive that gift. That's your choice. But everything that you've done in your life up to this point has not disqualified you from receiving his love, from receiving his forgiveness. there's that invitation here today. He wants you to know that you are loved. You're chosen, you are forgiven. I don't see you with your list of wrongs when I look at you. I just see in pleading, let yourself free. Don't keep yourself chained any longer. Set the captive free. You can do that. You've got the keys, but you gotta choose. when you're forgiving yourself, speak to that person, that younger version of you that needs that forgiveness. However old you were when you did that thing that you can't let go, speak to that person. God, I for, Eric, I forgive you for this. Steve, I forgive you for this. But that's a choice. And there is the empowerment of the Spirit here to make that choice. If you're saying, like, I, I can't, there's no way that I can muster up enough courage to say I forgive myself or even God. There is the empowerment of the Spirit here to meet you. I just wanna invite you, if you want to lay down shame, if you wanna move past it, if you want to let that go, come on up and lay that down. It's just you and God. We'll have our prayer team up here to, to partner with you, but this is you and God. And there is something powerful about moving. God can meet you in your seat. He can meet you wherever you are, but there is something powerful about making a choice Leave the shame in your seat. Sometimes we need to get up out of that comfortable chair and leave it behind. So Jesus, I pray that you will meet us right now, right here in this moment. Thank you for freedom. Thank you for what you are doing. Thank you for how you are moving in our hearts right now. Give us the strength. Give us the courage to say yes to you, Lord. No matter what it looks like, no matter how painful it is. We need you. We need you, Lord. We need you. In Jesus' name.